0: Good morning. How are you all doing today? You know, God's good. He's got some great things in store for us today. We're going to worship the Lord. Let's open with a word of Good thing I'm not speaking, huh? Let's open with a word of prayer. Father, we thank you for the grace and the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ, and we pray you would bless this time, bless each and every person, those that are still in root, those of us that are here. Lord, may we exalt your name, and we may we glorify you in everything that's done today. In Christ's name. God bless you as you worship with us.
1: shall rise to the Okay.
2: Daniel fast, Father. Every every authority that's in us as your church that is a false authority that's like these Roman soldiers, Lord, I'm impressed that the Roman soldiers are the ones that beat them on the head because the head is authority, Lord, and I'm impressed that the devil tried to break the authority of Christ when God said long ago, I've established my king in Zion. Lord, I'm impressed by that. And so I ask, Lord, during this Daniel fast where we have anything in us that is raised above you, that is striking you in the head, King of glory, Lord, will you cleanse us of it? Things that we think should go our way, this way, that, and we are so boastful and pompous, Lord, you cleanse us of all of self-righteousness, Lord? Yeah. Anything that is in us where we think we have the authority and it's not, and we're striking you on the head, Lord, will you cleanse us of it? Lord, there's going to be the marriage supper of the Lamb, the one who was slain. Will you create a clean heart in us, Lord? And Lord, we take this um, passage and the one psalms it says that everyone every king of the earth will bow down and kiss it says kiss the king of glory now lord we worship you thank you that this daniel fast is the time to set apart and align our hearts because we are going to bow before you lord and lord teach us how to do it now lord where There's the authority against your church, Father God, that struck Christ in the head. I thank you that he broke that power, that he is the authority, Lord. I thank you for the release of the divine king in the earth during this Daniel fast, Father. I thank you that there is a king installed Zion. greater than ever before, religious powers, government powers being broken, the the powers of every principality and power being broken, Father God, during this time. Jesus, we worship you. You alone are king. We worship you, Lord God, in Jesus' name.
0: scripture says, if we lift up the name of Jesus, that all will be drawn unto him. So Lord, we lift your name up this morning. May we exalt you, not just in our words, but in our actions, in our life, in our, the way we live among our friends and co-workers and colleagues. Lord, and I pray, Father, that as we draw closer to you, that we will draw others closer to you as well, Father. In your precious name we ask. Amen. You can be seated. You know, the Lord is so good to us. You know that? It's good to see all your beautiful faces and foreheads and all we have here. You know, uh, we uh, are beginning our Daniel fast. And for those of you that may may not know what a Daniel fast is, it's a time where uh, in Scripture, uh, Daniel, uh, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego had dedicated themselves to setting themselves apart for the Lord. And so every January for the last nine years, we've done this. And it's been a time where we just set, a, set aside to the Lord. And it's a, it's a great opportunity at the beginning of a new year to really recommit everything that you have to Him. And so we're glad you're here for that. We're, I'll share just in a minute about that. But I, I want to welcome you if you're a guest or visitor. Uh, if we don't have your contact information, we'd love to get that. Just fill out the communication card and drop it in the pew or the, uh, in the offering as it'll be coming. Uh, we're still doing our life groups. We're still doing our, those things going on. We have lots of opportunities. Our Wednesday night youth is uh, not going to be meeting this week. Uh, they'll be meeting again starting next week. Uh, but uh, this uh, this week we start our Daniel fast. We begin uh, in service today when we have community at the end of service. And if, uh, if you'd like to grab one of these on the way out, there's some on the podium when you come in, the little stand. This is a, a daily devotional guide. It's got... Uh, basically a devotional for all 21 days. There's also some other information in here. But let me tell you what not to do on the Daniel fast. Don't concentrate on what you can't eat. Usually the first year you do this, if you haven't done this, uh, it's like, I can't have this, I can't have this, I can't. It's not about that. It's about dedicating yourself to the Lord and using your time in the first few weeks of the year to really press in to know the Lord and I, I tell people all the time, make, make a sacrifice of something. May it, may it, maybe it's getting off watching television. Maybe it's watch, stop watching uh, the news, getting off social media, uh, maybe giving up. I know for some of us, Mark, right? Giving up caffeine. Pastor Lynn and I, we've already started. We're already uh, uh, almost in a week of Daniel fasting. And so uh, we just give up things that we would normally do and make it as a sacrifice unto the Lord. And I tell you, when you do that, Every single year we've done this, you may not see this, but as your pastors, we see major, major things happening in the, spiritually in the lives of people. And it's really exciting to see what God's doing. So uh, grab one of these booklets and you can look at that. If you want more information, if you go to the, go to the next slide, please, please Christine. Uh, if you go to the next slide, this is our website. You can go uh, to crossroadschristiancenter.org, go down to the Daniel Fast. There's also Bible reading guides there. There's daily devotionals there. There's all sorts of stuff to help you with the Daniel Fast. Uh, actually, on our website, we have recipes if you want to go to. You know, Basically, the Daniel Fast is this. It's a vegan diet. So if you go out to a restaurant, pick a restaurant that is vegan food. Uh, if they don't have it, grab a salad or do do whatever. But let it let it be a time where you really press into the Lord. And one of the things that is is really interesting in this this Daniel fast time that we do every year, um, the Lord cleanses us of things, and it's not just physical cleansing. It's not just like a, a a body fast to slim down for your bathing suit for the summer. You know, it's really about drawing closer to the Lord and having Him purify us so we can walk in his ways. Amen? So that's what we really want to do. Uh, another thing we have coming up uh, on the 20th and 21st, that's a Thursday evening and a Friday, is our baptism in the Holy Spirit retreat. And out on the, uh, the, the foyer, uh, on the table on the left-hand side as you're walking out, there's a couple pieces of paper. There's a, a, a kind of a preparation of what to do for the, the uh, Holy Spirit retreat. Uh, and there's also a daily scripture reading. It's uh, front and back, and it'll give you some information. And what I encourage people to do is to read scripture over and over and over and over. Just saturate yourself with the Word of God. You know, something happens when you draw near to him. Scripture says, draw near to me. You know, resist the devil, draw near to me, and I'll draw near to you. And so what we do is, in this time period, we draw near to the Lord by repeatedly reading scriptures. And, and soaking ourselves in that. And also, if you want to read a book of the Bible, read the book of Acts. Read the miracles that were happening because we believe that there is a second work of grace that God gives to the people uh, that after you come to, to know him as Lord and Savior. And it's called the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And we've, we've done this retreat. This is our third one we've done, and uh, it's a powerful time. God does some amazing things in the lives of people, and uh, if you haven't uh, registered to go, we need to know today because I need to let the retreat center know because they're going to be doing vegan uh, Daniel Fast-approved food for us. So they, uh, they want to know the numbers today so they could special order the food. We'll be going down to San Juan Batista. It's a Thursday night and a Friday. We'll get done about 3 o'clock on Friday. But I'll tell you, it is a life-changing opportunity for you. And I'd really encourage you, if you haven't uh, uh, decided to go and you want to go, let us know today. I think we have 17 people going. And it's going to be a great opportunity for God to just move. And let me tell you what we're going to do. You have uh, a room... You'll have uh, a meal times there, but basically it's a time of just being in the presence of the Lord, praying. We'll do a little bit of scriptural teaching, but it's a lot of just praying and helping you walk through the process of what it means to be baptized in the Holy Spirit. So it, it's, a, it's a powerful time. It's actually one of my, it's become one of my favorite times of the year because I see the transformation and change in the lives of people that have experienced it. So I wanna really encourage you, if you uh, are considering going, uh, go. And then what happens the week following, the next Friday and Saturday, is our annual Thirst Conference. It's a conference that we do every uh, January. We've done it now nine years, eight years here, I think. Nine years. Uh, We've done it nine years here, and it's a time where we just really press in to the fullness of what God has for us. Uh, It's open to anyone. It's really it's going to be for us, so I want to encourage you to come. If you know some people that really need to touch from the Lord, I'd encourage them to come. It's Friday night. We'll start at uh, 7 o'clock and uh, go till we're done, and then Saturday we'll start at, I think, it's 10 o'clock. Uh, nine's breakfast. We'll have breakfast here at 9 for you and then 10 o'clock and then we'll be done about 3, 3.30. But it's a powerful time. Uh, Teen Challenge is going to join us for that Friday evening and Saturday. And then every uh, year after it on Sunday morning is when we'll break our Daniel fast and we'll have communion. But also Teen Challenge Choir is going to be here and they're going to be sharing their testimony of what God's done in their lives and, and powerful things and it's going to be a great opportunity. So January is kind of like a uh, uh, the reset spiritual button for us, if you want. Mm-hmm. It's where we really recalibrate back to the things of the Lord. You know, and I don't know if you've watched any of The Chosen. Has anyone watched The Chosen on, on on your phone or on media? Uh, they had a special on for uh, Christmas, and it was called The Messengers. And I tell you, I have I cried so many times during that thing. It was just so powerful. They had a—my uh, wife laughs because every time I watch it, I'm about to, like, sobbing, you know. But they had a, a testimony— where, where Jesus was born and the, the shepherds were out in the field and one of the shepherds was, was lame. He, had a, 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 he walked with a, a, a crutch and as he started going towards the manger, he dropped his crutch and his foot was healed and he started running and I, I thought, wow, isn't that what the Lord does? He takes broken lives. Aren't you glad he does that? Aren't you glad he didn't leave you as messed up as you were? Come on, let's mm-hmm. be honest. Some of, you, mm-hmm. some of us have been really messed up, you know? And mm-hmm. thank the Lord that he takes us and heals us and restores us and renews us. And he gives, he, he, Scripture in the Old Testament says he gives, he gives feet, hinds feet to the deer that can climb on the mountains. And so yeah. the, the very people that were disabled, the very people that were damaged, the very people that the society said that you will never do anything, God says, oh, Yeah. You're a new creation in Christ Jesus. Right. And I'm going right. to do incredible things in you and through you. And so I want to really encourage you during this January time, let's really, really, really press in. Mm-hmm. You know, when we're driving to church this morning, we saw all kind of people worshiping. We saw people on their bikes loading up their motorcycles to get down to Hollister to the hills. They were worshiping the hills, you know. Mm-hmm. We saw people running. We saw people riding their bikes. We saw people getting getting ready to go shopping. But let's dedicate January worshiping the Savior of your soul. Amen?
3: Amen. Good.
0: Uh, God's good. Hey, if you want to listen to our sermons, you could listen to them. And then uh, our missionary family of the week is uh, Henry and Yvonne Smith in uh, Guayaquil, Ecuador. And they are a great couple. I actually, I've, I knew Henry's father when I was going to graduate school. And then when we were professors in college in Santa Cruz. Henry was a student. We used to travel. He and I would travel together. And I would raise... Uh, He would raise money for his support to Ecuador, and I would contact churches to uh, recruit students. And so we became very, very dear friends. And uh, I talked to him, actually emailed him uh, several times this week to let him know that he's going to be our ministry partner of the week. And he asked us specifically for prayer because he and his his wife, they're starting a, a new school they've established during COVID. They started a school. They have about 170 students in it. Uh, they're getting ready to launch another area in that school. And he, he asked specifically yesterday, actually last evening about 8 o'clock, he sent me an email. And he said, will you have the church pray that God gives us divine direction? So if you'll pray with us for Henry and Yvonne and their three kids and the ministry they have, they have an incredible ministry to the to the children of Guayaquil, Ecuador. And so let's uh, pray for them, and then we're going to take an offering and pray. And, uh, Uh, hear the word of God Father we thank you this morning we can gather together and we can worship you I thank you Father we can dedicate this day to you and Lord I pray you'd bless Henry and Yvonne Smith and all the work of the ministry they're going to be doing in Guayaquil I pray, Father, that souls will come to know you. I pray that as they open not just one school but a new school, that there will be a powerful move of the Holy Spirit in the lives of these young men and women, that, God, you will raise up leaders in in all areas of the the country, Lord, not just pastors and teachers and evangelists, but, Lord, you'd raise up godly businessmen and women. and You'd raise up godly politicians, Lord. You'd raise up godly people in the, the, the military and the law and, Father, in finance that you would raise up men and women that are based upon the word of God and that 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 foundation will help them to reach their nation for Christ. And Lord, I pray that you would just bless our offering right now. Father, I pray for each and every person. You would bless whatever they're giving to you, Lord. And may you multiply it in incredible ways. May we continue to be a church that is faithful in sowing, not just here in the South Valley and the United States, but globally. And I pray that you would bless each and every person and what they give. Those that are giving much, Lord, bless them. Those that are giving out of, out of need, bless them, Lord. And help all of us, Father, to be good stewards and good managers of the resources that you've entrusted to us. So, Father, we dedicate this offering to you, Father, in Christ's name. Amen. Bless you, should give.
1: And he walks with me, and he talks with me, and he tells.
3: is my brother. I don't know if some of you are new around here. And uh, Robert is a minister and he and his wife is, she's back there, Christine. She's actually on my board, Women of the World International Board. She does all the books for Women of the World. And so I'm so thankful for them to come on over. He has a team. But um, at the last minute, I asked um, him to come because we have a lot of sickness running through this house. And so... He, so we could have a worship leader, and he uh, said yes to his sister. Praise the Lord! You are all blessed because I have a big family of ministers. This is true. There are six kids in uh, my family, and we all do ministry. And so, this house, this house, Crossroads, has been blessed many times directly or indirectly because of um, my family and the call of God on their lives and anointing on their lives. So I'm very thankful to you guys, Rob and Chris, for coming down here. Aren't you thankful for that? Amen. Beautiful time with the Lord. We're going to go deeper in the things of the Lord in 2022. We have not arrived. We're not even close, by the way. (laughs) We're not even close. There is much more that the Lord has for us. And we need to go deeper. And January is a time where we set apart to to really um, intentionally draw near to the Lord, to set the tone for 2022. Not just for January, but for February, March, April, May, June, July. We want to set the tone. Amen, Pastor Lynn. I had to say back to myself. I talk to myself all the time. My students when I was at Bethany thought it was so funny, but I am very interesting, I thought, so I said, why not say, you know, (laughs) I'm just kidding. The Lord and I talk a lot, even more so, so that's why I always say amen, Pastor Lynn. But uh, we're going to go deeper in the Lord, and today it just really stirred my heart to talk about Daniel. We're on um, a Daniel Fast launching today. I really want you to participate in that um, because there's something to denying your flesh where the Spirit, uh, the Holy Spirit is at work in the denial of our flesh. And we're going get to get into that with the life of Daniel. But so many times because we live in such a, um, a culture that indulges themselves, we live in a very self-indulgent culture. More so than many other cultures on this earth, we live in a very self-indulgent culture. We're a very prosperous culture, and we have everything at our fingertips. So as a result of that, you know, Amazon now, you can get your thing. You can get it the same day. You know, there's all these types of things. But, and there's nothing wrong essentially with that, but what it can develop in us is impatience, It can develop in us covetousness, it can develop in us addiction, it can develop in us um, selfishness, it can develop in us greed, it can develop in us a lot of things that are not of the Lord, and so we have to resolve not to defile ourselves, okay, That's where we're going to go today because Daniel, the scripture that we're going to is kind of the theme scripture. And I would say even in this whole month is making that intentional decision with the Lord to say, is there things I'm allowing to defile me in my culture, in my world around me that I have given into, partnered with, committed to that I should not maybe even ways of thinking and worldviews that we need that are not in alignment with the things of God. That's the, that's the facts. Now, you may not like the facts and may not feed you the way you like, want it to, but the truth is there's many things that are around us in philosophies, ways of thinking, ways of behaving that are not in alignment with the Word of God, just not. And we have to resolve in our culture to say, I will not allow those things to defile me. (laughs) Today, I'm going to talk about the word devotion. People of the kingdom are devoted to God. Now, that word devotion is interesting because it almost sounds old-fashioned. It almost sounds old-fashioned. Because devotion doesn't seem in style. Because we hip hop and around to a lot of different things, and to be devoted means to be steadfast, faithful, have fidelity, loyalty. That's what it means to be devoted. Actually, I like to say, and this wasn't under, I didn't, this isn't Google, and this is what the definition came out. This is my definition I'm there for you no matter what. That's my definition of devotion. I'm there for you no matter what. I'm there for you, Lord no matter what, no matter what other people say, no matter what, the circumstances, the culture, the crowd, I'm there for you, Lord, no matter what. I'm devoted to you no matter what. You know, I do see devotion in our culture, actually. You know, there's some people who, with their sports team, I'm there for you no matter what. I've seen that in this area. I'm there for you no matter what in their sports team. I mean, I'm there for you more than I'm there for him. It is an ouch, but it's a true ouch. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I mean, I'm there for you. I'm there for whatever. I'm there for my friends more than I'm there for him. Now, I'm just I'm just getting, I, I know I'm going to get in your business today, but let's let the Holy Spirit get in our business. We're, if we, We're in a time of cleansing. I'm there for my job more than I'm there for him. Come on. Come on. But the fact is this. And it's pretty simple but hard. We're to be devoted to him first and foremost. And all these things shall be added unto you. Him first, foremost, no matter the circumstance. Now we're going to look at the life of Daniel. Daniel. Daniel was a young man who was trafficked. See, Babylon had taken Israel into captivity. And the dynamic was that among the young men of Israel, the palace was going to take some of them and develop them into leaders amongst the palace to serve the palace, to serve in Babylon. And Daniel's about 20 years of age when he's taken into the king's court, a young adult, not very old, just about 20, around 20, maybe 19 or 20. And he was going to serve the very people that brought his people into captivity So in a sense, he's going to serve the enemy. And he's going to be taught to do a good job in serving the enemy. And as a result, he and some other Israeli boys around him are immersed in the culture of Babylon. And that means they're immersed in paganism. They're immersed in impurity. They're immersed in the very center of it all where it flows from the mouth of the river of the culture they're immersed in. This young man at 20 years old. And he's in a difficult place. And what happens right from the beginning is that Daniel is challenged in his inner allegiance to God. Are you going to serve God? Now, he has been thrown into the deep end of the pool as a young adult. And yet, right from the beginning, he is facing challenges whether he's going to serve God. And this is what's interesting. Because you see something in Daniel's life that tells me a lot about his parents. We see this young man who is unwavering right from the beginning. We see that he is a young man that is devoted to God. He's been taught devotion. You know, the truth is this, parents, grandparents, aunts, uncles, spiritual aunts, spiritual moms, whatever you want to place yourself in, we're all as adults influencers of the next generation. Did you know that you're an influencer of the next generation, whether you are directly parenting someone or you have some sort of authority Uh, Even as an adult, your activity, your attitude, your behavior, your words are influencing the next generation. I see in Daniel that his parents did something right. They actually followed what God had asked them to do. We find that um, Daniel's introduction is in Daniel 1, 3 through 5. says this about his situation. To teach them the language and literature of the Babylonians. Verse 8. Daniel 1.8. But Daniel resolved not to defile himself with the king's rich food or with the wine he drank. Therefore, he asked the chief of the eunuchs to allow him not to defile himself. So, you see, right from the beginning, Daniel's standing for the Lord. For, and in, in this context, because of the Israel context, he was going to stay with the laws of God in his personal life. Okay? That's what it meant. He was going to stay with the laws in his personal life. So his parents had taught him that, you know what, Daniel? No matter what, you be devoted to God. No matter what your friends at school do, you be devoted to God. No matter what they're eating or drinking, you be devoted to God. Come on. And you see this in Daniel because he's not with mama and daddy anymore. He's been thrown into the palace of Babylon. And he also has difficult circumstances. Oh, what the pressure he must be under even being thrown into this circumstance. But yet he is an upright man of God. And Daniel would grow in the Lord, but he would not be influenced or changed by the circumstances around him but he would become a change agent for that palace and you will see this if you read the whole book increase over the life of Daniel that he is a voice from the Lord to the kings to that country as a result from the beginning at 20 years old Saying, I will not, I will resolve not to defile myself. Now, I'm going to speak to you parents, and I'm still a parent, even though my children are in their 30s, I'm still a parent. But I know this about raising children in godliness that it's not just on Sunday that I raise them in godliness. Or at a Christian school, I'll just put him in a Christian school and then we'll just do whatever. And I, and I believe in our Christian schools. I believe in that because I know that there's great things that happen in the lives of children, when, especially for families that don't have a lot of devotion towards the Lord. But I'm thinking about Daniel's parents who were handed down to them. The law of God, in Deuteronomy 6, 6 through 8, God gives the commands of what to do. These commandments that I give you today are to be on your hearts. Impress them on your children. Not just tell your children. I'm going to impress them. You know, if I go to my grandchildren and say, what do you say about obedience? Delayed obedience and disobedience. Why can they repeat that back to me? Because I impressed it upon them. When, you, when your children say, I know, Mom, I know, Mom, I, before you even tell me, Mom, I know. Why? Because I've impressed it upon them. <laughs> Come on, parents. We're going to impress the things of the Lord on the children. Talk about them when you sit at home and when you walk along the road, when you lie down and when you get up. Tie them as symbols on your hands and bind them on your foreheads. Write them on the door frames of your houses and on your gates. Now, Now, you're saying, well, Pastor Lynn, that's the Old Testament. But I'm going to tell you, you know what we love? We love Deuteronomy 28, 1 through 13. I'm blessed in the city. I'm blessed in the field. I'm blessed coming out. I'm blessed going out. But this, oh, delete. No. Now, yes, the application is different. Yes, the application is different. But the principle is the same. The principle is the same as, you know what? With my children... It's not just boxed into some sort of ritual we do maybe once a week, maybe twice a month, but rather it's how we walk out our lives how we talk out our lives, what things we choose to do. It's when I go, my, whatever decision that we're making, the Lord is a part of that. I impress. God is not just a part of some sort of religion that we sometimes do, sometimes talk about. But no, he's part of everything, every part of our life. When I'm buying a house, we pray. When I'm buying a car, is this the right one? Whatever we do, come on. Because God is a part of every part of our lives. And Daniel knew that and he's launched unexpectedly into a situation as a young adult. I'm just going to say this too. We get so afraid for our children. Oh, the world's horrible. The world's terrible. Oh, the demise. I'm telling you, look at Daniel. He's thrown into Babylon, and he survives. Not only survives, but thrives. And I'm going to tell you why. Because he had God with him. And our children, what they need more than anything else is God is with them. So, no matter, no matter what they face in the years to come, they'll have the strength to stand. They'll say, I resolve not to be defiled. Come on. And with that, become leaders. And with that, they don't come go go crumble in the corner, but rather they're influencers. Yes. Is he the same yesterday, today, and forever? Answer me. Is he? If he is, he's the same God today as he was for Daniel way back when. And he'll be with your children. But you must do what Deuteronomy 6 says. Raise them in the things of God. We have to establish in our homes, in our lifestyles, the environment of the presence of the Lord in our homes, in our lifestyles, the environment of the presence of the Lord so that our children will be established in their faith. So matter, no matter where they end up going, the journey of their lives, career, past, university, military, whatever they may go, that inside of them, they have resolved not to defile themselves. Talk so much to parents, oh, I'm so afraid of this sickness. I'm so afraid of this sickness. Well, you know what? Do what you need to do. But you know what? Let's not neglect the things of the spirit as if they're secondary to physical things. They're not secondary to physical things. The spiritual things that you develop in your children will give them a grit. Will give them a grit that will help them in their lives. And Daniel is an example of a gritty guy. He has a gritty guy because ultimately he says, you know what? Take my life. I don't care, but I'm going to remain devoted to the Lord. See, when we're devoted our allegiance and obedience is to the Lord. I'm just going to lay it down. Cuz we have a we have a we have a Christian culture within the states. We have a worship culture within the states. We sing all these power, these songs, and I, you know, I love watching all that stuff too on YouTube. I like that, you know. But then sometimes I wonder, do you mean it? Because ultimately it has to boil down to our allegiance and obedience when we step off the stage, when the lights are turned off, when I go out into the real world, when I'm driving my truck, when I'm administrator. When I'm doing whatever, teaching, when I'm doing real estate, wherever I'm going, in the bank, in construction, wherever I go, it has to boil down my devotion, my allegiance, my obedience is to the Lord. And you know what? Daniel was sent to Babylon to serve as a contrast. To those in Babylon. Because Daniel was light in the darkness. Those of you in... And you know what? Let me just say this. I know that the vast majority of people in this house go into much more difficult circumstances than I face during the week. Because you go out into the world. And you're with people who think darkness is light. And you're in that setting... So really you can relate with Daniel much more in some ways than I because I live in a church world setting. So this message is for you. You have been sent by God to be light in darkness, but not just only to be light in darkness, but to be a thermostat because you're devoted to God. To be a thermostat. But the truth is this you have to remain, have your heart's allegiance and obedience to God despite your circumstances, despite what other people are doing around you, despite whether you get the promotion or not, despite whether you get favored by man or not. Because the truth is this you cannot be devoted and compromised at the same time, it doesn't work. You can't be devoted and compromised. So let's look at Daniel. First challenge. Daniel five. That's why we, we call this the Daniel Fast because of this text. The king assigned them a daily amount of food and wine <coughs> from the king's table. They were to be trained for three years. And after that, they were to enter the king's service. Among those who were chosen were some from Judah, Daniel, Hanani, Mishael, and Azariah. The chief officially gave them the new names To Daniel, the name Belshazzar, to Hanani, Shadrach, to Mishael, Meshach, and to Azirah, Abednego. But Daniel resolved not to defile himself with the royal food and wine, and he asked the chief official for permission not to defile himself this way. Now, I want to say something about Daniel's challenge here. It is a flesh challenge, it, is, it has to do with food. The first challenge that comes to him reflects what Jesus also will experience in the temptation. Because Jesus' first challenge was about bread, right? He was fasting. For 40 days, Jesus was fasting. And in Matthew 4, 3 through 4, it says regarding his first temptation, Jesus' first temptation, it was about His physical body feasting on food, being hungry for food. says this, the tempter came to him, Jesus, and said, if you are the son of God, tell these stones to become bread. Jesus answered, it is written, man shall not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. Now, Jesus himself experiences the temptation of food. He's in a fast. But you know what's interesting, and as we know, Jesus overcomes all the temptations, and he, and he is empowered for ministry after his time in the, in the desert. But I want you to recognize something. A lot of times the challenges that come to us spiritually come through the avenue of our flesh. Let me just say this again. The challenges that come to us spiritually come through the avenue of flesh. So, in other words, the challenge of allegiance am I going to obey the word of God over our physical needs, impulses, and temptation? That's the beauty of a fast. Is to say, when I am tempted and hungry and desirous for that, you know what I'm doing? And I'm not giving into that. I'm saying, body, my will, you're going to go in the right place. And the spirit, my spirit, the Holy Spirit is going to be the Lord in this situation. That's why we go through this time to say, you know what? I really want that caffeine right now. And boy, did I want it this week when I was detoxing. But you know what? I this is a spiritual exercise. This is not about that coffee or you fill in the blank, whatever it wants to shop till you drop. It doesn't matter what it is. It's about me saying, my flesh will not rule me. My flesh will not dictate to me. But rather the Holy Spirit will rule me and whatever area of my life he can rule. There is no area of your life that he cannot rule. That's the thing about addiction. There's a belief that there's an area of my life that whatever I'm addicted to rules me. But the truth of the word of God and the Holy Spirit's presence in my life is this. There is no area of my life that God cannot rule. That's what I, do you believe that? I believe that. I believe that. So Jesus, before he went into his ministry, the first thing that he made sure of was this, that my flesh will not rule me. Now, we know Luke 4, 1 says, Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, left to Jordan after he was baptized and was led into the desert into the wilderness for his time of temptation. He was already full of the Holy Spirit. We know this. But he still experienced real temptation. But this is what the significant part is. When he left that desert, when he left that 40 days period of time, he left after submit, making sure that every part of him was sub- every part of his manhood was submitted to the Holy Spirit, he left in the power of the Holy Spirit and began to function with signs and wonders following. What am I trying to say here? When we submit our flesh to the Holy Spirit, it increases the power in our lives. Oh, I'm going to say that again. Because people say, oh, I don't want, Pastor Lynn, why don't I have power? Start submitting your flesh to the Holy Spirit, and you will see an increase of power in your lives. In your prayer, when you pray for other people, you will have the open heaven happening in your life. That's the problem. We just don't want to submit our flesh because it feels good to feed it. Doesn't it feel good to feed it sometimes? Oh, just give me the remote control and a big bucket of kettle chips and a Coca-Cola and a bunch of ice cream. And it feels good for the moment. Later, it doesn't feel good. When I get on the scale, it doesn't feel good. When I'm zipping up my pants, it doesn't feel good. When I'm trying to get up in the morning, it doesn't feel good. But in the moment, feeding the flesh feels good. But the truth is this about how we were made. See, we were made in the image and likeness of God. Amen? Yes, amen. But what happened was, see, Adam and Eve walked with God. In the cool of the evening prior to the fall, they communed with the Creator. They communed with the Lord. But when the fall came, there was a shift. The shift came from spirit domination to flesh domination. And as a result, now we have to crucify that flesh. That's why Romans 12 says, I've been, well, the Romans, Galatians says, I've been crucified with Christ. It's no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. And Romans 12, 1 and 2 says, I'm a living sacrifice. Why? Because for the spirit to dominate, I have to make sure that my flesh is in the right place. Daniel does this. He makes sure he submits his flesh. And we find that our submission to the Lord is tested through physical things. Our submission to the Lord is tested through physical things. Am I going to indulge myself? Am I going to indulge myself in thinking these thoughts? Come on. I'm going to get real now. I'm going to go over here and think some thoughts. Think some negative thoughts. Think some lustful thoughts think of covetous thoughts think angry thoughts i'm gonna go and indulge myself i'm gonna go indulge my emotional life i'm just gonna be out of control emotionally come on we're gonna get real here i'm gonna throw a fit and i don't care who sees because i'm just gonna indulge myself because i'm mad right now i'm gonna indulge myself I'm gonna indulge my body. See, this is the thing. If we really want to walk in the power of the Holy Spirit, the test comes through our flesh submitting our flesh. And why am I talking to you about this right now is I'm talking to you because in January, when we're doing the Daniel fast, I'm going to tell you, there's good and bad things that come up. You know what? There has been some times over the nine years when I had the Daniel fast where all kinds of stuff hit the fan during those weeks. I mean, I thought, Lord, get me through this month. (laughs) I'm telling you. I mean, in this house with these people, trying to keep families together trying to keep you know resolve things i'm like the the impurities being surfaced see it's not just about oh lord i want a miracle oh lord i want a healing oh lord i want fill in the blank it's purification this Time is about purification so that we walk in a greater empowerment. So that when we leave this time, as Jesus left the time in the desert, he leaves empowered by the Holy Spirit. So you see Daniel is a thermostat right from the beginning. 20 years old. Thermostat. And he's an atmosphere changer. Daniel 1 11 through 15, Daniel then said to the guard whom the chief official had appointed over Daniel, Hanani, Michelle, and Azariah, please test your servants for 10 days. Give us nothing but vegetables to eat and water to drink. Then compare our appearance with that of the young men who eat the royal food and treat your servants in accordance with what you see. So he agreed to this and tested them for 10 days. At the end of the 10 days, they looked healthier and better nourished than any of the young men who ate the royal food. So the guard took away their choice food and the wine they were to drink and gave them vegetables instead. Let me just say this. The person who has the greater devotion has the greater commitment. So, for example, you get to, it's like the old joke, there's two uh, people in the room, a Christian and a Muslim. Who has the greater devotion? The one with the greater commitment to their God. I've seen it in marriages. Oh, Pastor Lynn, I'm going to marry this person. I know they're not a Christian, but I'm a Christian and I'm devoted to God and I'm going to bring them to the Lord. The person with the greater commitment to their God will be the one who will succeed. But you know what I find with that? It usually doesn't happen. The person who marries the other person, and you find pretty soon that they're not as devoted as they think. I'm just going to say, check your devotion to the Lord. Because there's, the world can be very devoted to their stuff. How devoted are they compared to how devoted you are to God? Come on. I'm just getting real with you. How devoted are people around you to the philosophies and the things of this world in comparison to how devoted you are to God? Because I'm going to say this. It's going to be tested. You're going to be tested in this. Daniel was already tested. Verse 17 says this. As a result, God did this for Daniel and these. Friends, to these four young men, God gave knowledge and understanding of all kinds of literature and learning. And Daniel could understand visions and dreams of all kinds. Verse 17. Why would that verse be there? Why would it be placed there? It's after Daniel resolves not to debile himself. And God gave him supernatural power. So we find overcoming the first challenge would place Daniel on a trajectory for favor with God and man. And Daniel 1.18 says this, At the end of the time set by the king to bring them into his service, the chief official presented them to Nebuchadnezzar. The king talked with them, and he found none equal to Daniel, Hanani, Mishael, and Azariah, so they entered the king's service. In every matter of wisdom and understanding about which the king questioned them, he found them 10 times better than all the magicians and enchanters in his whole kingdom. And Daniel remained there until the first year of King Cyrus. Daniel's devotion was the seedbed that God used for favor, first, for God's favor second for man's favor and God would use both his favor and then man's favor for for Daniel to be a person who spoke the word of the Lord to the king and God would intervene and interact with Babylon and the leadership of Babylon because he had a devoted man of God there and the culture of the kingdom would be changed because of Daniel's devotion. The culture of the kingdom. I'm going to say this. If God is the same yesterday, today, and forever, and he is, the culture around you will be changed because of your devotion. It will. As long as you're more devoted than they are. That's the thing. Are you more devoted than they are? Are you more devoted to your God than they are to their gods? This is the other thing. And this has to do with our devotion because we find the, the concept of better. They were 10 times better. The f- truth is this, those of us that are devoted to the Lord, those of us who have the Holy Spirit in us, listen, now we have the same Spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwelling in us. We have the Holy Spirit dwelling in us, in us, not just upon us like Daniel did. We have Him dwelling in us right now. We have more resources than Daniel did. We should be better than those around us. Now, what I don't mean is thinking we're better. What I don't mean is we're thinking we're more highly above other people. That's not what I'm saying. I'm not saying that. I'm not saying that kind of like that arrogant, super spirituality, ego type of thing. I'm saying we actually should be better, meaning have integrity, Have more integrity than people who don't have Christ in them. This is a problem for people in the church. The truth is this we are light to darkness, and the Holy Spirit in us should make us people who are super dependable, have a lot of integrity. That are if we have bosses, unless we are the boss, if we have bosses, that they, they see us as people who can be depended upon, have integrity, do a great job. Oh, it's getting quiet now. Why? Why is it getting quiet? The fact is this. We should be better. Daniel and his friends were better because they had integrity. They had wisdom. And they had godly character. We should have integrity, wisdom, and godly character no matter where you've been placed. You can be making up beds in a hotel room, which I always say I would be good at, actually. I would not be good cooking, but I would be good at a hotel room, making up beds. I also would be good washing the dishes. So if I ever have to get another job, I will be the dishwasher. I cannot be the cook. But if I'm going to do it, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do a good job at it. I'm going to be proud of the work that I do because I do it unto him. See, this is the thing. This is where the flesh has to go. The fact is this. We should be better. There's a problem if we lack integrity. There is a problem if we have a bad attitude at work. (laughs) Wow. No matter what kind of work we do. There's a problem because God has placed us there. If we believe God has ordered our steps, He has placed us there. Even if you say, oh, I don't, I pray God change my job, la, 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 la. The fact is this, for today, He has placed you there. You should be better, have character, have godly character, have integrity, come on. Pastor Lynn, I should have stayed home. No, you shouldn't have because you're going to come out in power because you're going to deny that flesh because the Lord has called you to be a change agent where you have been placed. But in order for you to be a change agent, you can pray all day long, but unless you deny your flesh, you can't be a change agent because you can only be a change agent by the power of the Holy Spirit flowing through you. Come on, Jesus. And so we see the contrast. The truth is this. These young men were ten times better. God was showing the contrast. God wants to show the contrast through your life. God wants you to be a person of peace when there's trouble around you, when there's storms around you. You don't come in and and start becoming a thermometer and go, oh, there's a bunch of of junk going on at work, and I just kind of get dipped back into the gossip, and I get dipped into the worry and scurry and the fears and the anxiety. No, you come in. Thermostat here. Peace. It's going to work out. Speak kindly to one another. Honoring other people respecting them having integrity let's move on let's move on pastor Lynn no we're not going to move on the fact is this that's what it means to be a change agent that's the nuts and bolts of it all that you are a contrast you are true light coming into darkness Romans 12 2 do not conform to the pattern of this world but be transformed by the renewing of your mind oh pastor Lynn what do you know about it? you've been in the church all day long all your years but well, I'm going to say this There's been some years where I actually wasn't. I was in ministry, but I had to also work outside. And I used to be doing PR and specifically recruitment for a university up in Washington. So I had to travel all over to do uh, college fairs. And I I helped launch a master's degree program there. And so there was a lot of travel, a lot of people I would meet. And I'm going to tell you this. When I met somebody who was spirit-filled, I could tell. I could tell. It was like beep, 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 beep. I could tell by their spirit. I could tell by their attitude. I could tell by their lights. And I knew. I knew that they were different. And it, and it became, you know what? After you talk all business, um, are you a Christian? Yeah, I am a Christian. Because their demeanor was different. They were a thermostat for the atmosphere. Let the contrast. You be a contrast. So we find next another challenge. The second challenge for Daniel. So they had the food challenge. They succeed in that. They're favored. They're promoted. And then... There's this challenge where Daniel's not even present. He's not even present at this challenge, but he hears that the king is going to put all the wise men to death. Now, that would include him and his friends, even though he wasn't even there. But they're going to, the king is mad. He's angry at the wise men. Daniel 2. 10 through 13, the astrologers answered the king. There is no one on earth who can do what the king asks. No king, however great and mighty, has ever asked such a thing of any magician or enchanter or astrologer. What the king asks is too difficult. No one can reveal it to the king except the gods. And they do not live among humans. This made the king so angry and furious that he ordered the execution of all the wise men of Babylon. So the decree was put issued to put the wise men to death and men were sent to look for Daniel and his friends to put them to death. He wasn't even there. He wasn't even present. But this is how Daniel responds to this problem. It's more than a problem. It's a catastrophe. It's a really bad situation. Daniel 2.14, when Arioch, the commander of the king's guard, had gone out to put to death the wise men of Babylon, Daniel spoke to him with two words, wisdom and tact. Now, let me just say this. They're all going to die. But what does Daniel respond with? Wisdom and tact. He asked the king's officer, "Why did the king issue such a harsh decree?" Arioch then explained the matter to Daniel. At this, Daniel went into the king and asked for time so that he might interpret the dream for him. Let me just say this. Devoted people, people full of the Holy Spirit have wisdom and tact. Now, this is a hotbed situation. This is it can can potentially be a tragic situation. But rather than Daniel getting all upset, he has wisdom and tact. There's two, let me just say this. Recently, over the last few years, and maybe it's longer than that, I don't even know, the church of Jesus with the world needs to have wisdom and tact. This angry talk, this belittling talk, this this condescending, super spiritual attitude. What is that? That's not of the Lord, people. I don't care who's doing it. I don't care who's on YouTube doing it. I don't care who has a big church or a university or whatever. You fill in the blank that's doing it. People who are devoted to the Lord have wisdom and tact they reflect the behavior of Christ not of the enemy. Proverbs 16:7 when the Lord takes pleasure in anyone's ways he causes their enemies to make peace with them. Proverbs 19:11 a person's wisdom yields patience. What? Patience? I don't like that word. It is to one's glory to overlook an offense. You see Daniel fleshing out the word that he has wisdom and tact, which reflects his godly character. Let us search ourselves. Do we lack wisdom and tact in our lives, in our personal lives, in where we work? The Lord says we are to have wisdom and tact. So this is what happens. He has submission to the Lord and inquires of the Lord, Daniel 2, 17, 19. Then Daniel returned to his house and explained the matter to his friends, Hanani, Michelle, and Azariah. He urged them to plead for mercy from the God of heaven concerning this mystery so that he and his friends might not be executed and the rest of the wise men of Babylon. During the night, the mystery was revealed. Verse 20, then Daniel praised the God of heaven and said, Praise be to the name of God forever and ever. Wisdom and power are his. He changes times and seasons. He disposes kings and raises up others. He gives wisdom to the wise and knowledge to the discerning. Wow. He gives You want, you want wisdom? Be wise. And knowledge to the discerning. He reveals deep and hidden things. He knows what lies in darkness and light dwells with him. I thank and praise you, God of my ancestors. You have given me wisdom and power. You have made known to me what we asked of you. You have made known to us the dream of the king. He worships. Listen, this is a time-sensitive thing. And Daniel takes all this time to worship. You're like, okay, we're going to die. Hurry up, Daniel. Get to the king. Interpret, interpret the message. But no, Daniel worships. He praises. Listen, devoted followers, this is big in our culture. Devoted followers praise, but don't platform themselves. Come on. Not about you. It's about him. No matter what it is, it's about him. It's about him. And he actually, he saves the lives not only of him and his friends, but he saves the lives, if we look at the text later, he's saving the lives of his enemies. Because we find later, the third challenge is this. These guys that he just saved their lives, they're jealous of him. They're so jealous, they want to put him down. And we find this story in Daniel chapter 6, verse 1. Because the enemy is jealous of devoted people. Why is the enemy jealous of devoted people? Because they're powerful. Why is the enemy jealous of devoted people? Because they're thermostats. They're change agents for for culture. They are influencers. So you know what? I want you to know the enemy is jealous of you, but your God is greater. The enemy is jealous of you because you have the power in you that he wished he had. If you just walk away with that, that's good. You have greater power in you because you have Holy Spirit power. You have the creator of the universe, King of kings, Lord of lords. His power dwells in you. The enemy is jealous of you. The enemy was jealous of Daniel. Daniel 6, 1 through 5. It pleased Darius to appoint 120 satraps to rule throughout the kingdom with three administrators over them, one of whom was Daniel. The satraps were made accountable to the To them so that the king might not suffer loss. Now, Daniel so distinguished himself among the administrators and the satraps by his exceptional qualities that the king planned to set him over the whole kingdom. At this, the administrators and the satraps tried to find grounds for charges against Daniel in his conduct of government affairs, but they were unable to do so. They could find no corruption in him because he was trustworthy and neither corrupt nor negligent. Integrity. Finally, these men said, we will never find any basis for charges against this man, Daniel, unless it has something to do with the law of his God. And what ends up happening is that they set up a plan. Verse 6, so these administrators and satraps went as a group to the king and said, May King Darius live forever. Pride, pride, arrogance. The royal administrators, prefects, satraps, advisors, and governors have all agreed That the king should issue an edict and enforce the decree that anyone who prays to any god or human being during the next 30 days except to you, your majesty, shall be thrown into the lion's den. Now your majesty issued the decree and put it in writing so that it cannot be altered in accordance with the law of the Medes and Persians, which cannot be repealed. So King Darius put the decree in writing. They appealed to his ego and he did it to his pride and he did it. And this is a specific attack on Daniel. I'm going to say you will have specific attacks on you. It's not just your imagination. You will have people that the enemy is using to be jealous of you. But I'm going to say remain devoted to the Lord your weapons of your warfare are not carnal but they are mighty for the pulling down of strongholds you can trust the Lord in your situation this is a word for some of you that there's some things that may be trying to pull you to battle it in the way of the world but the Lord says trust me I got your back come on and Daniel's response is prayer steadfastness heart allegiance Obedience to God. I just was thinking about this. Here's this young man. Probably by now in his 30s. And he's done all of this. Still in this palace. Now it's about him being pinpointed. Going to be thrown into a lion's den. And his response is this. Now when Daniel learned verse 10, that the decree had been published, he went home to his upstairs room where the windows opened towards Jerusalem. Three times a day, he got down on his knees and prayed, giving thanks to God, just as he had done before. Daniel, you're going to go on the, dan- the line lines if you pray anymore, Daniel, if you don't change your ways, the king's mad at you, you're going to You die if you don't change your ways. You can't be so devoted to the Lord. Come on, just a little bit of integrity, change, no more devotion. And what does Daniel do? He opens up his windows and he prays. Whatever happens, God, I'm devoted to you. No matter what the circumstance is, I'm devoted to you. And you know, he doesn't pray secretly He does it the same way he's always been doing it. Nothing changes. The circumstance may look dire. The circumstance may be a problem. He may be attacked, but he says, you know what? I'm going to praise. He doesn't say, oh, God, oh, God, oh, God, help me. No. I give thanks to you, Lord. I'm unmoved. I'm unmoved because I'm the thermostat. I'm not a thermometer. They're trying to make me a thermometer, but I'm the thermostat. See, even with the promotions that Daniel has, see, this is the thing. This guy is successful. I can't wait to meet him in heaven. This guy has it going on as far as success goes. Career success, so to speak, even. But with the favor of man, he never betrays God. He always is devoted to the Lord. He's willing to sacrifice the favor, the position, no matter what, because he says, you know what? I'm devoted to the Lord. I'm unmoved. I'm unmoved. I'm gonna ask you this, because a lot of times, and I've seen this happen in lives of people. But are you moved by the promotion, success, or the favor of man? Does those things cause you to step away from your devotion with the Lord? Come on. You know what? God can give us those things. And at first, we start on that pathway of, oh, yeah, you know, God's done this. And pretty soon, in order to maintain those things, to keep that job, to keep that promotion, to keep that money, we start to move away from devotion with God. Daniel doesn't do it. He says, you know what? Take it. If, an, if My life can be taken because I am devoted to God. The circumstances are not going to change my devotion to God. <laughs> Rob, come on up here. Daniel 6, verse 13. Then they said to the king, Daniel, who is one of the exiles from Judah pays no attention to you, your majesty, or to the decree you put in writing. He still prays three times a day. The worst thing they could find about him is he still prays three times a day. And when the king heard this, he was greatly distressed. He was determined to rescue Daniel and made every effort until sundown to save him. See, the king loved him because Daniel had integrity. Daniel did good for him. He had a respect for Daniel because he knew of Daniel's character. Verse 15, then the men went as a group to King Darius and said to him, Remember, your majesty that according to the law of the Medes and the Persians, no decree or edict that the king issues can be changed. So the king gave the order, and they brought Daniel and threw him into the lion's den. The king said to Daniel, May your God, whom you serve, continually rescue you. A stone was brought and placed over the mouth of the den, and the king sealed it with his own signet ring and with the rings of his nobles so that Daniel's situation might not be changed. Then the king returned to his palace and spent the night without eating and without any entertainment being brought to him, and he could not sleep. And at the first light of dawn, the king got up and hurried to the lion's den. When he came near the the den, he called to Daniel in an anguished voice, Daniel, servant of the living God, has your God whom you serve continually... I love that. Has your God, whom you serve continually, been able to rescue you from the lions? And Daniel answered, may the king live forever. My God sent his angel, and he shut the mouths of the lions. They have not heard me because I was found innocent in his sight. You need to know God still shuts the lion's mouth. You don't need to compromise. Daniel, did your God, who you continually serve, rescue you? Yes. He did. I'm going to say for you, the world does not want you to be devoted to him. Who's behind that? The enemy. The enemy is behind that. The enemy doesn't want you to be devoted to him. Because when we step away from devotion, we step away from our empowerment. And he doesn't want you to be powerful. See, the enemy can't take away your salvation. It's been given to you by grace. But you know what? He wants you to walk powerlessly here and to be tossed around by the circumstances of life. During this month, I feel like the Lord is saying for some of us, for many of us, maybe for all of us, return to me. Some of us, it's not that we're we're still saved. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about intimate devotion. Where no matter the circumstance you can go to their window and open it up and say I thank you Lord. I believe you Lord. I'm devoted to you. No matter if I end up in the lion's den I am devoted to you. We know he's devoted to us, but maturity in him, increase in power, says, you know what? I'm not devoted to other things that are trying to steal my devotion from him. I want you to get your communion. This is going to be the response time. But I want you to search your heart. Scriptures tells us that we're to search our hearts. What are you devoted to? Who are you devoted to? Say, well, you know, Pastor Lynn, are you saying that I shouldn't be devoted to other things? No, I'm saying that when you're devoted to Him. He's going to give you those right priorities so you can be way more devoted to the things that He wants you to be devoted to. In your marriage, with your children, with being a great employee, with integrity and godly character. But we have to be willing to change. See, remember this started, the first challenge was not the lion's den, the first challenge was I will resolve not to defile myself. Do you hear me? The first challenge was not the lion's den, the first challenge was I will resolve not to defile myself. I will sacrifice the things of my flesh, the things of battle for me to indulge those things rather than to be devoted to the Lord. I want you to take time, reflect. Pastor David's gonna come up and and do the, the communion time with us. But take time right now and reflect upon the word. <laughs>
0: Things in your heart that are not right with him, now's the time to let him search it. Let him look at your heart and let him make your heart, your life an open book before him because the one thing I know about the Lord, his plans are not to harm you but to prosper you, to bless you, to give you a future, to give you a hope, to restore you to a right relationship with him. So right now, Lord, we ask if there's anything in our lives that we've placed above you that we you would forgive us for that. We confess that is sin, and we ask, Lord, that you would help us to be the men and women of God that you've called us and created us to be. Let us not be sidetracked by the plans of the enemy to make us weak, but Lord, let us be empowered by your Spirit to do all things for your honor and your glory. And Lord, we just confess that to you this morning and we ask and pray that you would make us strong, mighty men and women of faith. On the night that Jesus was betrayed, he met with his disciples in the upper room in Jerusalem and he took bread and he said, take eat, this is my body which was given for you a sinless, spotless, perfect human being that was God in flesh and dwelt among us. He said that this bread represents his body, which was broken for us. And this morning, we want to just acknowledge that, that, Lord, we take this emblem that represents your body, which was broken, to restore us to a right relationship with God, to be in a right understanding of who we are as men and women of faith, And Lord, we honor you by partaking. Shall we partake? Scripture says that after the meal, he took a cup. And he said this cup represents a new covenant that he's making with us. And the word covenant is a binding legal term. It's, it basically means a new right relationship that we're establishing with the Lord. That God wants to restore the place we should have been, the place that he's always wanted us to be, to be the place that we are in. And so this cup represents that. and The cup re- represents the blood. And I love what scripture says, without the shedding of blood, there is no remission of sin. So what this cup represents is the blood of Christ covering you and I with his healing, his forgiveness, and his grace. So Lord, right now we just thank you for this cup. And we ask you to bless it to our bodies in Christ's name. Shall we partake? we thank you for your goodness and grace to us as your sons and daughters. We thank you that, God, we can walk in the assurance from your word that if we acknowledge you, you will make our pathway straight. If we surrender to you, God, you will just transform us as men and women of faith. And I pray right now for each and every one of us that, Lord, this would be a, a wiping clean of the slate, that we could just walk before you and in a newness like we've never had before i pray that this this year as we begin this daniel fast that it'll be a time of an in, intense incredible spiritual transformation of our lives i pray that some of the sins that as scripture says so easily beset us would be just wiped away there'd be a cleansing lord there'd be a, a, a purification in our lives And Lord, I pray that we would not be afraid of things that are brought to the surface during this time, but we see this, Lord, as your hand upon us, as as your son and your daughter of the Heavenly Father that just wants to get us back into right relationship with you. And so, Lord, I pray for boldness. I pray for courage. I pray for a spiritual tenacity and grit like Daniel had. That, Father, we will be men and women who are not ashamed of the power of the gospel because we know it is the same power that not only set us free from from sin and brought us into relationship with you, but, God, it's the same power that helps us to become overcomers and transformers and the same power that will raise us up like Christ was raised. And I pray that, Father, we would not stand back. We would not shrink back. We would not wither away in what you're calling us to do as men and women of faith. But God, we would go forward boldly with passion and with dedication because we know that you are our God and we are your sons and daughters. And we just commit ourselves to you right now, Father, as a new commitment, as a new covenant we made with you this morning, that we would walk in the authority and the power and the knowledge of who we are in Christ Jesus. And it's in your name we ask. Amen. Now let's stand, and Pastor Rob is going to lead us in a song of
1: worship. A was I forsaken? The Lord is in this place. The Lord is in this place. Come, Holy Spirit, dry bones awaken, The Lord is in this place. The Lord. In this place, I my brother, uh,
3: select this song because I was thinking about Daniel when he was thrown into that lion's den. Some of you you may say, I feel like sometimes, Basilette, I'm gonna be thrown in the lion's den. But I want you to know you serve a God who is the same, and not for a minute he's gonna forsake you, not for even a millisecond he's going to forsake you. Just singing about Daniel there for the night with some really oversized teddy bears. Not
1: for a minute was I forsaken The Lord Lord is in this place The Lord is in this place The Holy Spirit the dry bones awaken the Lord is in this place the Lord is in this place place. now for a minute was I forsaken the Lord is in this place the Lord is in this place come Holy Spirit dry bones awaken for a minute was I forsaken the Lord is in this place the Lord is in this place come Holy Spirit dry bones awaken the Lord is in this place the Lord is in this place
3: break off the spirit of fear over anyone that is afraid to, what it will cost them to be devoted to the Lord. Lord, may this story of Daniel be something that's etched, impressed in their minds that you are with them and you are faithful and you are an empowering God. And Lord, that the same presence of God that was with Daniel is with them. Whatever they may be facing, your presence is with them. Lord, I pray a renewal of devotion as we leave this place, a fearless devotion to you as we leave this place. We thank you, Lord, for your word in your name. Amen. God bless you. Have a great week, and I'll see you next week. God bless you on your Daniel fast as well.